my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Uh, welcome to Big Q&A. Uh, this is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, a minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. It's really wonderful to be able to share with you once again. This week we're taking as our theme Biblical Morality in the Third Millennium and today we ask, what is the Biblical role of family? Our co-host is Eric Hoare and Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. Uh, welcome to you, Eric, once again. Yep, um, um, it's really good to be here. I really want to apologise to our listeners today. We have had no end of technical difficulties. Don't you hate technology, Eric? Yeah, I saw you shaking a bit when it wasn't working. <laughs> I tell you what, I mean, those Put guys in Melbourne are such lifesavers. They really are. It's amazing how quickly uh, they come to uh, resolve these problems, and I want to say a really big thank you uh, to our good mates in uh, in Melbourne, uh, Eric. The floods aren't they something at the oh, moment? Oh, it's terrible, isn't it, to see it? We need rain here, but the water and the the tragedies and the uh, yep, the houses that are being flooded, the businesses that have been through so much through COVID and now suffering all this. Uh, it's not if it's one thing after another. I tell you what, uh, you got to say, you know, we bushfires, COVID, mm. economic crisis. Now we go to mm. the to the floods. You no, I mean, what is, I mean, so many people are saying, what is actually going on? Yeah, there's so much happening in such a short space of time. That's what gets me. Normally these events, you know, occur a long time after, but these are rolling one after another. Exactly. So things are really happening around the world. Yeah, no, so very true, Eric. Oh, look, it's also fantastic to have uh, in our studio with us today, Charmaine. Now, Charmaine is a really good friend of, of Eric and of the Adelaide Indigenous Congregation. Charmaine, welcome aboard. It's great to have you here. Thank you for having me, Pastor Gary. Uh, Charmaine is uh, is uh, here because uh, she's going to be helping us out in our discussion about family because Charmaine actually has two families and has just uh, written a book uh, that's going to be released very soon. It's entitled Missing for 60 Years a true story. Now, tell us a little bit about uh, about your, your your book here, uh, Charmaine. Um. I'm from the Stalin generation. I was taken here in Adelaide at two months old, okay. actually in Port Lincoln, and uh, placed in an orphanage with my brothers and um, adopted out the next day, fostered out the next day. Wow. So I was there, and then I disappeared. My mother remarried an American man, so we've been abroad for 45 years. I've just come home. And I'm reuniting with my family here now. So that is that is really remarkable. In fact, it's actually quite incredible because you come from uh, a wonderful um, um, Aboriginal ancestry here in Australia. Then you spent time in working and, and living in America with your adopted family. Um, just just tell us. Can, can you tell us what your story of? I suppose the I lost. I lost the Aboriginal culture. I was not raised with the Aboriginals, so I'm totally in the dark. So now that I've come home, now I can relearn the culture, relearn about, meet my brothers and sisters and extended family members that I lost. 
but my family is in America. I was raised as an American, and I'm now coming home to learn about my culture and reunite with all the rest of my family that I have not reunited with yet. That must be an incredible privilege to have, in effect, two families. It is. It's very hard um, to just fathom that, you know, not knowing that you have another family until your adoptive mother is dying and letting you know you have another family. So when you learn that, then you move on and you find out and research and then you come home and you meet and greet. Wow. <laughs> so I'm wow. still in the process of learning all about my family members. How long, how long have you been here back in Australia? Uh, 19 months. 19 months only, yeah. 19 months back in, back in Oz. And how big is your family in America? And how big is your family here in Australia? Oh, my family in America? Let's see. There's like my two daughters, my three grandsons, my son-in-law. Um, that's about it. Okay. So it's a fairly small family Very in America. Small. Okay. But here in Australia? I have over 300 living relatives and extended family members. Oh, wow. Isn't that so a privilege? I'm on a journey, you know. Yeah, I'm yeah. on a mission to... So are they, what part of Australia would most of your uh, relatives live in at at this point in time? At this point in time? Yeah. They're in every state. They're in every state. So you've got a lot of travel to do in the very next, in the near future. Yes, that's kind of like on my bucket list. Yeah. um, I've got a lot of family members waiting to meet me all through Adelaide all through the region of South Australia. They're in Western Australia. They're in Sydney. They're in Queensland. I have a brother in Queensland I haven't met yet who is one of my brothers that was taken with me. So, yes, I've got a lot of work to do. Yeah. And um, I thank God for giving me the strength to do this. Okay. Look, just tell me. You, you mentioned to me when we were talking beforehand that God has actually been an important and an essential part of your life. Now, you've been through, I mean, it, it's, it's certainly some turmoil. You know, you were, you were taken as part of the stolen generation. You were, uh, you basically lost your, your culture here in Australia. You went over to America. Only recently have you come back. And yet, you mentioned to me that God is actually an essential part of your life. How does that, how does that actually fit? I mean, do you, do you blame him for any of the things that have... No, I don't ha- blame him. He keeps me on the path to continue to help people that need to be helped. Right. That's my message from him. Yeah. So with that, I've been able to continue to be able to go from place to place and help people that do need the help because they do need the help. Yeah. You know, yeah. and there's some that you can't help, but... If I can help, that's because of him. That's because of the faith that I have. So, so, so you would say you believe that faith is an essential part of a it person's is. life. It is. And so, is that something you've put into your book? Uh yes. There, there's a lot of it in my book. Okay. I just can't say anything about my book. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 You got to buy it yeah, there. Yeah. No. You have to buy it. <laughs> you, 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 it I, I think that's going to be a really tremendous book, and I can see that it's being released in. Hopefully by November. Just in time for Christmas. I hope. Uh, no, that would be fantastic. Uh, and the book's going to be entitled Missing for 60 Years, A True Story. Uh, hey, I, I really hope that uh, that is something that uh, uh, you, richly blesses you and certainly rich, yeah. richly blesses the entire community. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a legacy. Um, 
for my daughters because they really don't know exactly how I came about or what happened to me. They have a general idea of my life, but they don't know the true story. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so this is the true story yeah. so that they can hand down to their kids. And everybody's story needs to be heard. Yes. And I've read yes. a lot of stories that happened back when all the children were being taken, which I am disgusted about. Mm -hmm. So the story has to be told, okay, so everybody knows that we're here. Yeah. We are still here, yeah. and we, we it will be passed down. Yeah, through and it's so important to actually pass the story. It's history, isn't it? You know, it, it's, it, it is it, history. Everybody has that history. Yeah, 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 everybody has a story. You know, and my story is going to be heard, and I'm willing to listen to everybody's story because yeah. I deserve that. I was yeah. taken away from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, as when you see that great big picture, you start to realise that hey, uh, you know, there certainly have been really significant mistakes that have been made in the past. And do you know, I look at even our, our society today, some of the mistakes that we we make today, and I, I just wonder how future generations are sometimes going to actually judge us uh, from the. Uh, the day and age which we are actually living in right right now but look um, really appreciate Charmaine's going to be staying uh, with us uh, for the uh, for the discussion we're going to be talking about family uh, really appreciate uh, Charmaine's perspective and uh, uh, right now let's come to some music this is Salah you are my hiding place
that was Salah. You are my hiding place. We have a wonderful uh, book offer for you today. Uh, our uh, our book today, our free offer, is Power of Hope. Uh, love uh, this particular book. Uh, this is a book for uh, those who may be struggling to overcome depression, anxiety, guilt, stress. Um, many people recognise that exercise and balanced diet are great for our well-being and improve health. Uh, but what we do, what do we do when the illness is not located in one particular part of the body? This is a, a book that has been designed for uh, for those who have uh, felt crushed by uh, too many commitments and how many uh, have experienced that. For those who have been unable to deal with everything on their to-do list, uh, who have had to face the feeling of guilt in the struggle against some form of addiction, who have wanted to throw in the towel and flee to a deserted island. How many times have, uh, uh, have we felt something like that? Um, the book uh, book says, hey, uh, you are not alone. Uh, right now, millions of people actually suffer uh, from the effects of anxiety, stress and depression. This, uh, this book uh, deals with all of these issues. Uh, Power of Hope. This is a fantastic little book. If you'd like uh, the book Power of Hope, uh, please uh, send your name, your address and your telephone number. Just text it. Uh, please text it from your mobile phone uh, to our studio uh, text number. It's 04888 80811. 04-888-808-11. And the book is called A Power of Hope. You'll really love this little book. If you'd like that book, uh, please uh, feel free to, to request that and we'll send that to you uh, by the fastest possible uh, means. Uh, you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with Pastor Gary. Today our co-host is Eric Hoare and Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. Uh, we also have with us Charmaine. Uh, who is a great friend of the Adelaide Indigenous Congregation. This week, uh, we're taking as our theme, Biblical Morality in the Third Millennium. And today we ask, uh, what is the role of a biblical family? Do you know, Eric, one of the things I'm so conscious of is that there's probably never been a time when traditional family has been more under attack. From every direction, the tradition, you know, parents are struggling, uh, young people are struggling, suicide rates are at an all-time high. And uh, this is across the board. This is something that families from every walk of life are actually facing. Uh, Eric, look, let's, let's come to the scriptures if we can. What is the biblical role of family? Hey, can do the scriptures? Can the scriptures help us out of the mess, the the muddle that we are actually in? Well, the Bible has a clear role in in families. There's a lot written uh, about families and. The whole basis of a family originally, we need to go to that straight away to, mm-hmm. to get the, you know, what the Bible says about it. It's found right in the beginning in Genesis, uh, during the creation, Genesis 1, 26 to 28. And in verse 26, it said, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image and our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his 
own image and the image of God he created them male and female he created them and God blessed them and said to them be fruitful and increase in number fill the earth and subdue it rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground so here we have the first union of a male and female here mm-hmm. and this is the, the great masterpiece of creation when we think of it because yeah. he's created here and now he's moved on to creating human race yeah. through his own image a male and a female to be joined in union yeah 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 now, that's a it's a really beautiful picture that we actually get here because we've got a perfect garden of eden we've got a perfect environment and at the very uh, epi- uh, epitome of the uh, of adam and eve of uh, of god's creative act he creates Adam and Eve, a male, a female, two people, uh, and they come together and he creates the what we would call the first family. Mm. That's right. And, you know, um, it's uh, the masterpiece of all of this is that obviously, you know, I don't know about you, Gary, but... You know, to understand women can be a bit, bit of a challenge at times. <laughs> Shouldn't get a shot, Charlotte. I won't get you to. Nate. <laughs> <laughs> but what I mean is that um, I believe that the male and female are so important in a union because we have a different sides of different thinking here, and I think that the reason why. Uh, it was so strong, the family unit is so strong at the beginning, was that God installed on, in the male certain attributes and in the female certain ad- attributes that when they were together, like there's nothing like a mother's love. Yeah. Nothing yeah. like a mother's love for a child. You know? There is and actually a blending there, isn't there? There is a blending. Same as a father's love, but you know what I mean? There's different roles uh, within that union. That, yeah. that when you when you start to break it down and move away from those things, I believe it 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 breaks down what the original intention of marriage was mm-hmm. to bring these two together. In fact, Matthew says it. Matthew nineteen four to six says, "Haven't you read?" He replied, "That at the beginning the Creator made them male and female, and said, for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they're no longer two, but one flesh." Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. So this is a union of a male and a female. Mm, mm, okay, yeah. No, it's. I, I think you raise a, an excellent point, and it's interesting that this is something that's actually flowed through all all cultures. And I'm I'm conscious that in the uh, in the Old Testament, for example, Eric, uh, there were certainly other um, examples. You get uh, um, uh, you get polygamy. You know, come comes in even in the Old Testament. But mm. you know, what a lot of people actually overlook is that these actually come in as a result of sin. Mm. And it's when sin starts to damage the whole environment that sin actually damages relationships. Mm. And, you know, as I look at that, I say, hey, you know, um, maybe there is something uh, that the scriptures have to teach us today. That's right. And, and what we've been seeing happening with marriage, with uh, the union of male and female, is it's been breaking down to take us where we are today. It just didn't happen suddenly. It's been a slow process of weakening the family unit right through. Yeah. So yeah. now, um, like, you know, we have, um, we said the other day, you know, that you can have um, two males on the birth certificate of a child. Yeah. There's no mother there. 
There's yeah. two males. Yeah. And so, you know, we see a breaking away from the design thing to start off with, that it was a male and a female. That was the role uh, that would carry on, and it would be blessed and and carry through to the end of time. But what's happening, I, I heard the other day, for instance, um, of an actress, and uh, she's, uh, she's announced her pregnancy, and she said, when my child gets old enough, that child, whether it's a boy or a girl, will make a decision what gender they want to be. Mm-hmm. Even before the child's born, yeah. So yeah. that so immediately throws confusion into the mix, doesn't it? It really does throw com- confusion into the mix, big time. But you know, at the present time, I'm so conscious that we're actually thinking very much of family, certainly mm. in line with it being uh, mum, dad, and 2.3 children, yeah. which is so common within the uh, the Western model. But I, I, I'm interested, Charmaine, within the um, within the the Aboriginal con- context. Now, um, the family from my understanding is a much larger concept it's certainly there's certainly a mum and a dad there but uh, your family here when you mentioned family you said you were at least 300 people there there are 300 of my relatives through the bloodline okay okay okay. and you and you would regard goes down the family tree from father from mother and from father so there's both of them and it goes to different families i have my family tree it just shows that I'm related to so many people that it's beyond comprehension. What do you think okay. of the what do you think of the benefits of having a I suppose a large family grouping, a large family tree as opposed you, to as so so many uh, certainly certainly within my family, um, you know, whereas you know there's if we all get together there's 11 of us. That's uh, that's it, you know. Uh, what are the benefits do you think of having the the really large family? What are the benefits? Mm. That's hard to say at this time and stage. This is a different generation. Yeah. Okay. 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 So everybody's family is different. Yeah. Whether it be small or large. Yeah. It depends on what's in that family. Right. Right. Do you understand yeah. that answer? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. You got to go into that family to be able to come up with what you feel about that. I don't know my family. Okay. That's going to take years for me to know my family. I'm not yeah. going to be around. I gotta grab it while I can right now, but the family, um, I like the small family. Okay, okay. Okay. Yeah. But I've also seen the family with the lunch built in with it. Yeah. And it's, and I think this is something that, uh, as we as we do look at uh, at family, we see uh, the uh, the the extent of family. Because I'm suppose I, I'm so conscious that uh, certainly in in my life, one of the real I think disadvantages that I had growing up was that I never knew any of my grandparents. And do you know, to me, this is something that to this day. I actually regret because they'd all passed away before I was actually a, um, I, I was actually came of age or, or was able to, uh, to acknowledge them. Uh, but to me, I, I'm so conscious that not having the grandparents for me, uh, as part of my life, there was actually a loss there, um, that it's actually physically not possible uh, to actually replace that, uh, that loss. But I, I'm so conscious that um, certainly those who have got the the larger um, family grouping to me I, as I as I see it I, I see it as a wonderful um, uh, a wonderful environment it's a wonderful um, uh, 
possibility to be able to really grow as a, uh, as a family. I love it. I love it here because I have brothers and sisters and they acknowledge me as their sister even though I've been gone. And I'm an aunt to a lot of nephews and nieces. Yeah. That is rewarding for me. Yeah. Because yeah. I am an only child. Yes. Okay, so I come home to 14 brothers and sisters. Yeah. So that's like, that's overwhelming. Yeah. But I can accept that and live with that. Yeah. And am happy with that, that I have that before I pass on. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. So yeah. a large family, it's beautiful, you yeah. know, when yeah. everybody gets together. And yeah. yeah, I didn't, I didn't know my mother. I mean, my, I didn't know my real mother or my real father, but I have stories. Yes. Yes. And I can tell those stories. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Whether they're there, they're not here. Yeah. So that's like your grandparents. Yeah. They're gone, but you should have stories. And, and, and that is interesting, you know, because I'm certainly part of a family that I don't think I'm, I, I have a very limited number of stories, but this to me, I'm so conscious of the, the need to have the extended family within the family wherever possible. I know, uh, Eric, you're a, you're a grandfather. Mm. What's the benefit of being a, a grandfather uh, within the uh, family context? Well, like you, uh, Pastor Gary, I really didn't know my uh, grandfather and grandmother very well. Yeah. Um, but my children had a wonderful granddad and mm. father. And, that, and, and they were always excited when we went round there. And, and now I'm doing the same with my grannies. When they come round and stay the night, you know, they, they really enjoy it. And they're all excited. They've got their little luggage all packed, ready to come over. Uh. But the thing is that now we've grown, you know, like you, we've, we've got about 19 or something in our family now, yeah. extended family. Uh, that's the immediate family. And when, when we get together, you know, like, uh, you, you just it just... You wouldn't believe there were so many, you know. It's what yeah, happens. Yeah. But the beauty of it is that the the love that you have within for each other, uh, it just grows and grows. Yeah. And we're so blessed to have you know a couple from the Philippines with us, and you know that uh, as wives and things for my my children, and through those cultures as well um, to understand and see their uh, their respect for other cultures. The Filipino have great respect for the elderly, and I think that's one of the things that's missing today is respect and families for the parents. And uh, you know, in the Bible, it says to honour your father and mother to put them. First, you know, to honor yeah. your elders, yeah. and we see that lost today. Families and and this past. is, so, I think, you make an excellent point here, Eric, because I, I I am conscious that there are some cultures, certainly here in Australia, uh, we have lost the concept of the extended family, and yet mm. they, it's the extended family that can actually provide incredible support and wisdom to the uh, to the younger generations. I think of some time I actually spent living in uh, uh, in New Zealand, and I became. I'm aware of certainly some of the Pacific Island cultures, and uh, there was a uh, an understanding of family. Certainly, mum and dad were key in that family. Mm. But you know, I'm conscious that there was also aunties and uncles. There were grandma and granddads, uh, and there were a lot of them. And the wisdom of the generations actually got passed down. In other words, what they were saying is, we actually need each other. And, and you know, as I sort of look at the the biblical picture of family, what to me uh, God is saying in the book of Genesis is Adam and Eve, you need each other. Yep. You're not intended 
to be alone. Uh, you're not intended to function without each other. We're actually made for a community. And of course, once children come along, the story just gets bigger uh, and more glorious. And you should be able to trust your family explicitly. You know, there yeah. should be that understanding that if one does something wrong, it hurts the whole family, not just yourself. That love and trust in a family should be so strong. Uh, the Bible actually talks about what you're saying about passing it down in Deuteronomy 6 2. It says, talking about the commandments, that you may fear the Lord your God to keep all the statutes and his commandments, which I command you, you and your son and your grandson, all the days of your lives, that your days may be prolonged. Here he's talking about a generations of teaching, like you're saying, but doing it through the Lord, because I believe that the biblical way, the understanding that if you put God first in a family, yeah. put your family second and yourself third. Yeah. That's the order because God will help the family because you've put him first and he'll help you. But sometimes we put it, we could put it around the wrong way. We could put ourselves first or our family first. Put God first and he will show you the way. Like he's done with uh, Charmaine today. Help her find her family and help her work through it. He's always been with her. He has not left her. Have you young. felt that the Lord's been leading you in that direction, Charmaine? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He's always with me because I've always been alone. Yeah. The only person I've had beside myself is God. I don't have any friends. I have family. But God is my number one best friend. Mm. That's a, that is a wonderful testimony, you know, because mm-hmm. God is somebody who can actually take us through some incredibly hard times. I know that uh, when I was uh, uh, I was pastor at one point out at uh, Roma in uh, in central Queensland, a beautiful state up there, and uh, hello to all our good friends up in uh, uh, up in Queensland. Love uh, love Queensland, and uh, um, I. I, I I became, uh, I was pastor of a, of a lady who certainly came from an Aboriginal background and she also was actually part of the, the stolen uh, generation. And the thing that really jumped out at me is that week by week we'd come along to church but each week we'd open it up for people to be able to share their story of the way the Lord had blessed them. And you know, the thing that really jumped out, in fact, for, for people like, like myself, uh, we would stand in awe because week by week she'd come, uh, to church and she always had something to share that was the, how the Lord has actually blessed me. And yet I knew from her life, her life was a hard life. You know, I, I knew that was the reality of it. And yet she came to church and she had something to praise God for. And, you know, she had that relationship that you're actually talking about there. You know, to me, that's such a beautiful thing uh, to actually be able to see uh, that whenever it takes place, in whatever culture it takes and, place. And what amazes me, Pastor Gary, is that it's not only our extended family here, but when we put God first, Matthew twelve forty eight to 50 says... Um, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And he stretched his hand out towards all his disciples and said, here, is, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of Father in heaven is my brother, sister, and mother. So he's saying, you're now in a big family of God. Yeah. So you haven't just got your extended family. And I see my children as brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah. That's yeah. the key. You know, I treat them as I would 
somebody that I respect. And, and that's where we can lose it today. The family unit has to be strong in itself and the fact that there has to be guidance in it, but it's in a, and it's in a love way. And what he's saying here is that, you know, because you believe in me, you're now, I'm your father now. So. Yeah. I'm answerable to him and what my actions are within my family. Yeah. And that keeps me on the straight and narrow. And, and I love my family. You know, I'll do anything for them, you know, yeah. as yeah. we all would. Yeah. Uh, but I know people who don't talk to their brothers and sisters or they've had a disagreement. And, and the Bible actually says here uh, in First jo- John 4.20, if anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he, he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God who he has not seen. Yeah, Isn't yeah, that no, that's that is such. You know, the scriptures have got so much wisdom for us, haven't they? You know, oh. well, what you're saying though is an incredible challenge to the individualistic world in which we're living, because you know, in the the big wide world that we're living in, just everything is, you know, is individualistic. You know, I care for me as number one, and you know, I'm I don't actually look out for my family, for the extended family, for my for my. Even for my friends, you know, where a scripture actually says, hey, look, I want you to love even your enemies, you know. In other words, I want you to look out for those. Do you think the, this individualism, um, that is really, uh, I believe negatively impacting Australia today, do you think the concept of family has something to teach us uh, within the context of the individualistic lifestyle so many are living? Oh, for sure. I think um, what we're seeing is uh, as time is coming to a close, uh, just before Jesus comes again, that we're seeing that um, this this lifestyle you're talking about, this just being out for me, is get, is growing more and more. We read the other day how the the millionaires are getting richer and the poor are getting yeah, poorer, yeah. and we see a great division in that. And I see too in relationships that's happening uh, tremendously that way. Where you know, I, I mean, there was a fella uh, just recently actually, there was a, a biker who's just just been charged, they've just found him today, where uh, a, a, they call him a good Samaritan. This passerby was going by and saw him arguing with a woman. At, it was actually down here at Parafield Gardens or yeah, something. Yeah. And uh, the biker was attacking her and he went in to, to help him and he got beaten up. He ended up in hospital fighting for his life and he was a good Samaritan. Mm. So we see that this coldness is growing more and more and and a family unit needs to cling together. It needs to be strong together. It yeah. needs to really bond. And if you can't trust somebody in your family, who can you trust? Yeah. And unfortunately, I've seen families where they they that trust has been broken and it's devastating. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. And I, I think that uh, that is a point that you, that is actually so powerful with with what you're saying because um, I, I'm conscious that you know Christmas time comes all around and there's so many families that uh, you know um, people don't talk to each other. Uh, they refuse to come along. They, you know, there is disagreements. There are, uh, there is, there is arguing. And uh, in fact, I'm aware of some families where uh, members in the family haven't spoken literally for years. Yep. And you know, you could. You could cry uh, when you see this because the support that could be there um, because of the stubbornness, and I can only call it that because certainly the cases I've seen, uh, one or generally both parties, uh, there's a degree of stubbornness there. Um, you know, the individualistic lifestyle has impacted them uh, them negatively. And to me, the thing I love about the Scriptures is the way it says that uh, we are actually meant for each other. You know, we're not intended to live this life as individuals. We're intended to live this life as 
family, as people who care in relationship for others. Well, that's what Charmaine was talking before about the instruction for the children. It's so important that the, the family has a moral base in which to bring the children up and have those instructions early. They say a child learns the most in the first few years of life. Yeah. They pick up so much. And Proverbs 1, 8 and 9 says that. It says, my son, hear the instruction of your father and forsake not the law of your mother. I like that, the law of your mother. <laughs> Sounds pretty strong to me. For they shall be like an ornament of grace upon your head. In other words, it, it will brighten you up. It will be to your to your best interests to actually be guided. But today I think society has lost that guidance yeah. because there isn't, isn't a Christian base. Where is the morals? Where is the base that yeah. you, you draw yeah. on? Yeah. And unfortunately there's only a, a sinking pit really. Yeah. Yeah. Eric, look, let's come to some uh, some music. Uh, this is Ron uh, and Patty Avalay. Uh, thy testimonies are wonderful. Thy testimonies are wonderful, therefore doth my soul keep them. The entrance of thy words giveth light, it giveth understanding to the simple. I opened my mouth and panted, for I longed for thy commandments. Look thou upon me and be merciful unto me. I cried with my whole heart, Hear me, O Lord, and I will keep thy statue. I cried unto thee, Save me, and I shall keep thy testimony. I prevented the dawning of the morning and cried. Mine eyes creep and the night watches that I might meditate in thy Peace have they which love thy life, nothing shall offend them. Nothing shall offend them. Lord, I have hope for thy salvation and done all thy commandments. Done all thy commandments. And I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts for all my ways to be for thee. Patty Valet, your testimonies are wonderful. Our free giveaway book uh, for today, once again, is the book The Power of Hope. This is a really beautiful uh, little book. Uh, this is uh, for those who may have questions concerning uh, depression, anxiety, guilt, stress, 
the power of hope. Uh, many people recognize that exercise and a balanced diet help with our well-being and improve. But what should happen uh, when illness is not located in one particular part of the body? Uh, love this particular book, uh, Power of Hope. If you'd like us to drop you a, a copy of The Power of Hope, please send your name, your address, uh, your telephone number uh, to our studio text number. That's 04888. 80811. That's 0488 uh, You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary. Today our co-host is Eric Hoare and Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. We also have with us Charmaine who's a great friend of the Adelaide Indigenous Congregation. And this week we're taking as our theme Biblical Morality and the Third Millennium. And today we're asking what's the biblical role of family? Eric, look, we've got just a few minutes left uh, so uh, please um, share with us bring it all together for us I think the biblical um, part of uh, the family what it talks about is actually summed up in Psalm 127 1-5 where it says unless the Lord builds the house the builders labour in vain in other words unless God is the centre of the family life we labour in vain yeah. Because we try and do it in our own strength. We try and solve the, the problems through our own understanding and experiences where God gives us the direction to labor. And it goes on and says, um, unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full. I like that. Blessed is the man who has a lot of them. <laughs> a crib they will not be put to shame yeah. when they contend with their opponent's court. So what it's saying here is the basis of a family life is the biblical understanding of a man and woman in marriage, the offspring as a package there all together built on the house of the Lord with his understanding, mm. him putting into the hearts of those. Because I don't know about you, Gary, but... How can I forgive somebody? How can I forgive my children or something goes wrong if it isn't the love of God that does it through us? Because our love can't handle a lot of this stuff. It's only the Lord that can carry us. Like Charmaine, what Charmaine's going through, it's only God's love that can help us. Well, it's, us it's actually us. God's love who, God is the one and the scriptures to me Teach people how to forgive. Yes. You know, often I, I, I'm a minister of religion, which means from time to time I have the privilege of marrying people. And before I marry people, I actually say to them, hey, look, what I want you to do is to sit down with me. And we have half a dozen sessions together where we just talk of premarital type type issues. Uh, you know, one of the issues we talk about is the issue of forgiveness. Mm. And I suggest to them that it's really the scriptures are the... Is the, the scriptures is the book that gives us the very basis for forgiveness. In fact, I, I suggest to people that without the Holy Spirit in a person's heart, it's actually physically not possible to forgive. I've got a good example of that, Pastor Gary, a good friend of mine. Um, his teenage daughter one day was driving down the road and uh, a drunk came around the corner on the wrong side of the road and ploughed into her and she was brain dead. They took her to hospital and uh. um, she survived it but she couldn't walk. She had tremendous injury, injuries. In fact, today she's still still carrying a lot of those injuries. She survived it and you know what he did? He prayed about it and he, he actually visited the man in prison. He was sentenced and put into prison. He went and, and said, I forgive you. 
Wow. And that to me is uh, absolutely an incredible thing to do because if it happened to my daughter, how would I react? You know, drunk yeah. on the wrong yeah. side of the road, shouldn't happen, shouldn't yeah. happen. But yet God gave him the power to forgive. And I think in that forgiveness, it brings that complete love, a unity of Christ within a family when you're on all this together. It's a short journey we're on, but we're here in families and now we're God's family, yeah. the bigger yeah. part. And, I, and I'm so conscious that, you know, my plea actually, because as a pastor, I actually come across this a great deal, families who have actually not forgiven other members of the family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yes. to me, my plea is a please, you know, if we come to the word of God, uh, what we find is this incredible blessing of, uh, of, of forgiveness. He forgives us and he teaches us how to forgive others. Uh, and, you know, to me, it's when that happens, that relationships can be restored, and you know, as I as I look at the the scriptures, I look at family, uh, I look at God's expectation, I look at what God has done for us. I just simply say, "Hey, what an incredible God we serve!" and uh, uh, and by coming to Jesus, I can learn to forgive, uh, and I can actually come into relationship not just with the heavenly Father, but also with those who are part of my earthly family. And I've got so many uh, who are just part of uh, my my family. And if there's somebody um, listening today that, you know, isn't talking to a brother or sister or mother or father or somebody in the family, even if it is somebody in the church somewhere, if that is happening today, uh, just say, sorry, this has happened, and God will bless you immensely. Can I just finish with a little sure, poem? I've got sure. a poem Please here. do, Eric. Uh, it's not one I've written, but uh, it's one I got. It says, God gave each of us a special family. And Charmaine's, it's two families. So God gave uh, each of us a special family that we can call our own, a family that loves us for who we are so we would never feel alone. They may not like everything we do or everything we say, but the beautiful thing about family is that they love us anyway. Sometimes we feel rejected by people who do not care, but our hearts are warmed when remembering that our family is always there. So hug them a little more often, for sometimes we hurt the ones we love, and tell them how much you love them, for they were sent to you from above. Mm, no, beautiful that thought. That's beautiful thoughts. Look, let's pray together. Father in heaven, we come to you right now. Lord, I want to pray for each of our listeners. Lord, if there's anyone who is, has got family conflict, I just pray that you might give them a, a forgiving heart. Uh, Lord, I pray that you might teach us how to forgive. I pray that you might impress uh, on them the need to be able to come together, uh, that they might not walk through this world alone. Uh, Lord, we give these matters. Uh, we give them to you uh, and to your spirit and to your authority, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, folks, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Eric Hoare and Charmaine on uh, Drive Time Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when we share with Pastor David Butcher and ask, is biblical morality out of date? Really look forward to joining you. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give isn't like the peace the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. Thank you, man. Thanks, Gary. Thank you. Make me a channel of your peace with 
there is hatred, let me bring your love. Where there is injury, your pardon, Lord. And where there's doubt, true faith in you. Oh, Master, grant that I may never see so much to be consoled as to console. Despair in life, let me bring hope. And where there's darkness, only light. And where there's sadness, ever joy. Oh, master, grant that I may never see so much to be consoled. To all men that we read. 